Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. It's the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, "'Bring some of the fish that you have just caught.' So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please have a seat. Good evening. It's so good to be with you tonight. My name is Thomas, and um, I just love hearing the way that John wrote down the story of that night. I remember it so vividly, as if it was yesterday. It brings back so many memories. That night, which happened just a little while after the day when I had gone and I had put my hand in Jesus' side, oh my goodness, and he felt so warm and so alive. <clears throat> and although now, since then, we'd seen him twice, and he'd seen the women and the, that couple of disciples on the road to Emmaus, a lot of the time he wasn't really around. And to be honest, we didn't yet quite understand what was next. Peter, of course, could never sit still for two minutes. And so it was Peter who said, OK, I'm going fishing. I'm getting out of here. I'm at least going to provide some fish for my family. I'm going down to the lake. And a number of us went with him. And we went down. And to be honest, you know, after all that sitting around in Jerusalem, it felt so good to be in the boat. So normal. Just hearing the water, the gulls, feeling the rope in my hands. It was just felt so delightfully normal. But it was also one of those nights, which unfortunately happened from time to time, when you catch absolutely nothing. There was, there was just nothing anyway, not even a sardine. And so we began to tell stories. Simon Peter started, and he started by reminding us of the story which he had told us once or twice before, of when Jesus had first called him 
It had been a night that was so similar, another night when we had caught no fish, and they'd been out, and it was dawn, and they were exhausted, and they were just pulling the boats in when Jesus had appeared on the shore. And there was a crowd with him, and he said, listen, I need to be able to project my voice. Can I go in your boat? You know how sound carries over the water? Never tell a secret on a boat. Just telling you, the water, just the sound just carries. And so Jesus had climbed into Simon Peter's boat that day and had taught the crowd. And they remembered, Simon and his brother just remembered sitting there and listening and being awestruck at the way that Jesus had taught, the things that he had said. And at the end, when Jesus had finished, Jesus had that night had said, you don't seem to have caught anything, let's go and catch some fish. And, and Peter had said, there, there is nothing, and he'd argued, and Jesus had said, no, 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 we're going to do it. And he went out and they put the nets down, and there was this huge catch. They had to call their friends to get the boats to both drag the nets in. When they got back to shore on that day, Jesus had stood on the beach and Simon Peter had fallen in front of him and said, Lord, I am a sinful man. And Jesus said, well, from today I am calling you to no longer catch fish, but to catch men. Come and be a fisher of men. And Simon Peter from that day had left the boats and gone off and followed Jesus. So many memories of these two nights, this night again, catching nothing. So as we had sat in the boat after Peter had told that story. We all began to tell our stories then, that the ways that we'd encountered Jesus. We remembered things from the last three years, miracles. Stuff that we had said that had been so dumb and how Jesus had either gently rebuked us or sometimes laughed at us. He'd always just come back at us with such love that we felt so accepted, whatever we used to say to him. And then we talked about more recent history, the night of the, the arrest. Simon Peter talked about going down into the courtyard when he had stood by the charcoal fire. And he talked about how visceral that memory was, how he could smell the smoke. He could hear the crackle of the logs. He remembered as he was asked three times, do you know that man? And three times he had responded, no, I don't. And then the cock had crowed and he had gone out and he had wept. He wept that night as he told us that story again. It was so vivid. We then talked about the ways that all of us had betrayed him in slightly different ways. And, and I told them again about what it felt like to stick my hand in his side. We kept on going until dawn. And then as we thought about this message he'd given us about how the Holy Spirit was going to come, we still didn't really understand that and that we were going to be sent. What was that all about? Where exactly were we going? What was going on? I mean, Jesus had already been training us in being sent. He sent us out two by two and then we'd come back and tell him stories and he'd send us out again after teaching us a little bit more. So we kind of had the general idea of, but we'd always come back to Jesus. And now this was, seemed like it was going to be a little bit different. Last week, your pastor Amy talked about how we can have a hesitation to go and how it's often in the going that we begin to understand. And, and that was often true while Jesus was training us. And now as we looked to this next stage, we expected it would be true again. 
I want to be a fisher of men. I want to go forward and tell people that Jesus loves them and that they can be a part of a community. But anyway, enough of that for the moment. I'll come back to that in a moment. But let's just go back to that morning. So there we were, and it was John, of course, who first noticed uh, the stranger on the shore and how the instruction came to put down our nets. And this time, you can tell the difference in Peter because this time he didn't argue. This time he just did as he was told. I mean, Peter had changed in the last three years, I tell you. And we put down the nets, and, and suddenly there was all these fish, and, and we were getting them in, and, and then Peter realized, John and Peter realized, and Peter, impulsive fool, grabbed his clothes to jump into the water to swim to shore. Have you ever heard anything so dumb? I mean, we could have brought them dry to the shore in about two minutes, but um, so he kind of thrashed his way and ran towards Jesus. And by the time we got the boats up safely onto the beach, and we all started to go towards the charcoal fire, and we could then smell the smoke, and given that Peter had just been telling us, we just, somehow there was such a lot of trauma associated with that fire, it hit us quite deeply, and I think all of us probably hung back just a little bit But Jesus welcomed us right into a place where we had all experienced the way that we betrayed Jesus. And he invited us to come there to feast, to have breakfast with him. Taking what had become a place of such shame for each one of us. And we began to eat. There's the old Greek philosopher, you might have heard of him, Aristotle. He says to to be a friend to someone, you must eat a sack of salt together. I think over the three years, we probably ate a sack of salt with Jesus. We had so many good memories of meals with him. And Jesus knew just how we liked our breakfast. He knew who liked the burnt bits and who liked the raw bits and who liked it with bread. And, And so we had this lovely time when we began to just exhale and tell stories again. One by one, as Jesus looked at each one of us, you could see him engaging directly with people looking them straight in the eye and just checking up. How are you doing? What's going on for you? The memory of that breakfast with Jesus is something that I hold on to so tightly. And when I remember that breakfast, there are a few things which I stand out in my memory about the way that Jesus was. First of all, He loves to relax. He loves to spend time with us around a fire eating food. When I remember that, I remember him laughing. I remember him looking at us. I remember him just loving being in community with us. And he cared about how each one of us was doing. It's almost like he wanted to reach inside me and touch my heart and hear how I was doing. It felt so tangible. And he was so practical. He knew that we'd be hungry after a long night. And he provided breakfast. I mean, isn't that fantastic? And he was very, very gentle. We were all slightly bruised still, but he brought us and invited us and met us. And he met us with actions and deeds. He took time to use experiences and sounds and somehow redeem that experience of the charcoal fire and all the familiarity for us of the sounds of the sea and the birds and the splash of the water on the boat. 
And so that memory is, is just etched in my mind with all the associated senses. And now when things are hard, it's good for me to go back to that place, to that memory, to go back and step into it. And when things are just falling apart at work or when my life just feels too complicated, I remember the way that Jesus first redirected our busyness and then he invited us to stop, to reflect, to refresh, to recharge. Just as a kind of aside, some say that 153, which is the number of fish we caught, is the number of nations that uh, we know, and it is the number of nations that we know at this time for around the world. I love that that could perhaps be a little extra miracle of reminding us that Jesus was sending us to the nations. This gentle, gentle, gentle Jesus who invited us to feast. He took that first memory of being in a boat and took the second experience three years later. And it was like he was finishing the chapter. This now we were, from now onwards, going to be fishers of men almost entirely. And this was a reminder that this was the phase that we were going into. So I want to leave you with three thoughts as I finish. The first one is kind of inward. Is there a place where you go to when you want to be with Jesus? For me, I go to the beach. I go to buy that fire. But sometimes it's good to have a, a safe place when you need to get away and you can't get away physically from other people or your situations, maybe in your workplace or wherever you are. It's good to have a place in your mind where you can connect with Jesus, where you have encountered him in the past. Perhaps it might even be a place where you have experienced some kind of trauma or something and he's going to redeem it. But have that inward space to go. And outwardly, can I encourage you as well to keep asking him, okay, once I'm refreshed, where am I going? Amy used that phrase last week of across the street. I, I think that's a lovely one. Where across the street are you going to go to meet your neighbor? I'm heading down the Silk Road. I think the country at the end might be called India. That's kind of where I think I'm heading. But there are people who are very close to you who need to know that Jesus loves them. And finally, so that's a sort of inward and an outward, and I want to give you an upward challenge as well. Think about the characteristics of God that Jesus displayed that day. Think about the way that he engaged so gently. He could have given that information to the disciples, to all of us, in such a chick, 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 chick way, a list of things that to do, and all the rest of it in, in a kind of busy work environment. I'm so grateful that he took the time to be in relationship first that he took the time. And that's the kind of God we have, the kind of God who takes the time to see us, to know us, and to love us. And I hope that each one of you will grow in your understanding of both what's happening inward and what's happening as you engage outward with others, but most of all in that relationship with your Heavenly Father. And so I would love to pray for you. Dear Jesus, Thank you for that moment, that morning of breakfast on the beach. That was my moment. I thank you that each person in this room has moments where they engage with you, where you reach in to their 
hurt places and touch them, where you reach into their doubts and fears and also into their hopes and expectations, where you reach in and send them out into the world to encounter others, to let them know that you are welcoming them, that you are loving them, that you are on the beach for them as well. And thank you, Heavenly Father, that you chose to become incarnate through our Lord Jesus Christ so that we could touch and see and know that he is good and that you are good. So I pray for my brothers and sisters here today. Will you bless them, keep them, and encouraging them? Amen.